The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So welcome back, everyone. Oh. So we've got not that much time, less than half an hour. <clears throat> so um, if you turn in your notes to page 13, controversies surrounding samadhi. And the first of the three here is what is jhana? Well, we went through the definition, and so we know jhana is any meditative state that matches that, those words. Again, we don't really know at the time of the Buddha. I'm sure they had very specific meanings in mind. Okay. Um, now, uh, what I want to point out, and this is one of the areas of controversy, is uh, people will, is whether or not there is body awareness in jhana or not. And so in the Vasudhimaga, it is explicit that in their jhana, you, you've lost contact with the body. And we're not talking about, you know, you're in some meditative state, so the experience of your body is dissolving into light or getting thin. You really are disconnected from any awareness of your body. Experientially, no body, period. Uh, now, that's kind of interesting because in the suttas, um, the suttas state explicitly that body awareness is present in jhana. We've been through that today. What, so that's, so f I think it's clear we've got two different jhana systems, and that way we can just let everybody live at peace and just say there's these two systems. But how do they do that? How do, you know, what is the Vasudhimaga? How do they, how do they, I'd say this, say, how do they get away with it? <laughs> well, first of all, they, one way you get away with it is people are actually having these different experiences. The question is, is it jhana, or are they going in, in Vasudhimaga in some kind of, is it a trance or so? I don't know. So, but this can get us to the essence. There's one interesting sutta here. Um, there's a sutta, I, I, I list it, uh, where do I list it? Ah. Yeah, on page 13, do you see where in bold text I say the sutta states explicitly that body awareness is present in jhana? If you go just above that, I say here, I'll just read it. We know what the jhana similes do. There's another sutta, heightened awareness of and connection with the body is both a characteristic of jhana and a practice leading to it, as emphasized in the Kaya Gatasati, which is the mindfulness of the body sutta, which is number 119 in the middle discourses, which states unambiguously that through attaining jhana, one develops mindfulness of the body. So let me just tell you real quick what that sutta does. Remember I said we were talking about the four foundations of mindfulness? And the first section, the first foundation was mindfulness of the body. And um, uh, it, in that, and, and, and there's six practices of mindfulness of the body. All six of those practices are repeated verbatim in this section on mindfulness of the body. It just took it, which makes sense. And it adds a little more text. It says you do this, and then it specifically says, and in this way you gain 
I forgot the exact words, uh, more awareness of the body or mindfulness of the body. And then what this sutta does, this mindfulness of the body sutta, is it adds a seventh section in and it lists all the jhanas, the, all the definitions and everything that we read about jhana. And it also adds, and this is how you practice it to, to attain awareness and mindfulness of the body. I don't remember the exact quote. I could pull it up for you. So that's kind of interesting in this text, right? It's, it's even more explicit to say you do the six practices of the mindfulness of the body section of the, of the Satipatthana Sutta. And we're, we're even adding it in the same sutta, right, of jhana, and explicitly saying this is even how you develop mindfulness of the body. So it's emphasizing it even more. So here's what the, uh, you know, they had some lawyer back then, because this is like, they, to figure this one out. The word here in kaya is the word for body, and it means body. It could actually, you could say it could mean, the word body in English can mean anything. It can mean a body of literature, a body of work. It doesn't have to be your physical body, right? So the Vasudhimaga says that, um, in fact, when this sutta, and it's quoted in the Buddha, and the sutta is saying, this is how you, when you do jhana, it, uh, that's how you attain mindfulness of the body. It's talking about the, quote, mental body, unquote. It's not the mental body. They can say that. It's all right. You know, uh, before we realized that the universe didn't revolve around the sun, you can, some of you, if you're mathematicians or astrophysicists, I may not get this exactly right, but it's, I think it's more or less right. You can actually write the equations in math that has the entire universe and the, and the earth being the center and you have everything rotating around it. But my understanding is the math just goes crazy. You're tying yourself in a pretzel to try and make it happen. But you could do it. But once we realize what's actually happening that the earth's, you know, just part of the solar system and that's in the galaxy and there's all the galaxy, all the math just falls out and it just becomes clear. Well, it's the same thing here. You can say that, I, I guess in my mind, it stretches credulity that we have the Buddha in the mindfulness of the body sutta explicitly talking about the six stages of mindfulness of the body. Breath, that's not the, mind, that's not the mental body. Four postures. Uh, all activities. Four elements, all the stuff right out of the uh, Satipatthana Sutta, the mindfulness of the body section, and emphasizing this is how you uh, connect with the body. And then adding in the jhana section with the similes about immersing in the body and saying this too is how you connect with the body. And he would suddenly in that one place shift the meaning to mean the mental body. And especially without signaling he's doing so, if it's not so important that it means something completely different, it's not. The Vasudhi Maga could have just, they didn't have to do this. We're all friends. <laughs> they could have just said, you know, we're doing it a different way. We've got a different system. This is our understanding. It's working. The suttas are in my book. 
I chickened out. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. That's, that's picking on the chickens. I, didn't, I knew this book was going to be controversial because it's the first time anybody really took the Vasudhimag and the suttas and, and it's sort of claimed to fame as it's laid them all out and people really, nobody had done it before. I couldn't believe it. And you see, they're just different systems. They are two different systems. And we don't judge them from within the other system. You judge it from within its own system. Then we don't have to have a war. And then that's fine. The problem is everybody's keeping trying to talk about sutta jhana from the Vasudhimaga perspective, and that's then the problem. When we see that they're two different systems, they can have their jhana that where you lose body awareness, and that's their path. And the suttas can have its path. Very simple. Yes, Steve. So the story, the story I heard was in that translation of the word, not as mental body, but in relation to breath meditation, was you become aware of the whole breath completely as it goes in and out versus your awareness of your breath in the body. And I think Lee Brasington is of the opinion that it's the whole breath I know Ajahn um, Tanisaro, it's definitely immersion in the body. And that could set up the jhanas being different, why Lee's jhanas are different. Oh, than, right, uh, but, but yes, but I talked to Bhikkhu Bodhi about this. So if you look at Bhikkhu Bodhi, who's got the, 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 the most widely known, uh, uh, there are other translators, but of the Middle Length Discourses, the Big Thick Brown book that Wisdom Publication does, that's Bhikkhu Bodhi's translation. And he used to translate that uh, uh, the, you breathe in and out experiencing the whole body of breath and then in a, I noticed that in a later edition he just said the whole body and I asked him about that and he said to me you know uh, he said that he was using the commentarial understanding and adding the of breath in there but he said in fact um, and it just doesn't say a breath. It just says experiencing the whole body. That's all it says. Uh, uh, it, it's clear in the... In the yeah. It does not say body of breath. It says the whole body. So some people can interpret it to mean we mean body of breath, but that's an interpretation. Yeah. The, what Ajahn Jeff says, I think he says in the Vinaya, it says that that word translates as the front or the chest as opposed to... So I have some... Right, right. So I can talk to you about that because whole um, section about that controversy. What do we mean by subakai, a whole body? Is it the body of the breath, just the chest, the whole body? And I have, this is uh, why we can't get in that kind of detail, but there's a lot of detail to go on. What is the different understandings of that meaning of those terms? Is in it, we just didn't get a chance to do it, but you're right. And so there's different understandings, yes. Uh, I, Murray was, Murray's hand in it. Yes, Murray. Oh, um, it only matters because um, it doesn't have to matter. It only, for first of all, I'm not here saying it matters. We're just trying to explore because you're hearing lots of people teach in different ways. So it only matters in one way. If you're around someone who's saying to you, look, um, the, everybody's doorway in for practice is different. And let's find your optimal way in. And for some people, it might be just the whole body of breath, and for some people, it's the whole body and everything. Then it doesn't matter because you find your way. But if you've got a teacher saying it's got to be this way, 
and that's it, and you're beating your head against a wall because it's not working for you and you're suffering, then it matters because we need to know that it's just a matter of interpretations. That's what I would say. It may not matter. We've got to talk about something. It's a controversy, so... (laughs) Well, th- fair enough. Fair enough. So can it just, can the Vasudhi Maga just be referring to that um, the body gets very, very quiet? No? Experientially, <laughs> you actually, so here's what's very interesting. The texts are not saying that. The texts are that it's actually you, you uh, absorb into this nimitta. This, uh, we didn't get into the details here about that uh, in access concentration, and you sort of go into the light, if you will. And the text. Yes. Here's what happens in practice. This is getting a little far away. In the sutta style, which is more immersing, it's it's connecting with the body versus disconnecting. But when you do it deeply, we see, wh- what's the body? It's you know we know that you know modern physics knows that it's just a bunch of atoms. What's the atoms? They're almost all empty space. Your body is actually almost all empty space. Really, for real, right? I mean, it, it's, it's not solid. Yeah. So when we really are, remember the mind can turn into an electron microscope and you really have those experiences, the body can dissolve away experientially. When that happens, it actually, this is an interesting question I've had, it can feel a lot like where you end up in Vasudhimagajana. So this is a question I don't know the answer to. Are they really kind of bringing you to the same thing through different doorways? Because if the body does, but one of them you've cut off the body, one of them the body is through the body, mm-hmm. and it's seen more its essence, the more emptiness of it. So I don't know. This is getting into yeah. subtle territory. I've had s- some amount of experience, but you know, this is an interesting question. Yes. Yeah. So that's the question I'm posing. Could it be the same thing, but they're describing it? the access point differently. I think the traditionalists would not say that and the texts don't say that, but I'm suspicious that uh, I've had this conversation with people mm-hmm. before. It, it could very well yeah. be just between us, you know, as we yes. talk among ourselves about it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay. So that's one whole thing and the controversy now doesn't have to be a controversy. We can just say, well, that's actually controversial to say that they're actually two distinct systems and this is what I was going to say when I kind of I, I let fear guide me a little bit because when I wrote this book, what I said was, I did come out very clearly and say there are two different systems, but what I said was, I said, you'll see uh, in a bit, I said, uh, the Vasudhimaga, um, you know, there's no body awareness in jhana. In the suttas, I said, seems to suggest enhanced connection with the body. It's not seems to suggest. It's c- pretty clear. But I thought, you know, I, I just don't know how much it's going to blow up when this comes out. Because there's some people who helped, helped me on this with Bhikkhu Bodhi was involved, Ajahn Tanisro was, I got people, and you know, was, people were going to read it. And I was trying to be respectful and not, I didn't, I didn't want to create bad feeling. So I was a little softer. But now, I just, it's so clear, uh, I think. Uh, Probably, but I wasn't aware of it. Uh, most people appreciate it kind of just how we're talking now, just to say, oh, it's nice to look at the suttas and without the overlay of the Vasudhimaga. And it's nice to look at the Vasudhimaga without the overlay of the suttas, and then we can compare them. 
Well, so number two, this is real quick because we're really up against the clock and we're going to uh, respect the time. Are samadhi and insight two paths of one, page 14 of your notes? Um, well, I think the answer is... Uh, I'll leave it to you to read through these. I p- gave you some quotes, and you know there are more quotes. I just could only fit certain ones in here. But what I would say is, again, we know in the path of the Vasudhimaga, they are two paths. In the suttas, you can find evidence to support either view. However, my reading, when you actually take all of these suttas and let them inform each other, it's actually all integrated into one path, even though we may be emphasizing different aspects, and some of these suttas actually say that. You may emphasize the insight, and later you come to the tranquility. You may emphasize the tranquility, and later come to the insight, or you can do them together, but eventually they all have to come in there together. The suttas say that. So, again, I, I've been sort of promoting that view of as uh, that's what I think the message of the suttas is. You can look in here and make your own decision. So we don't have time to do it, but I'm just going to give you my take. And please read and see what you think when you read what the suttas say. Um, and so it's interesting in practice, I'll just say this, uh, which I've already said, but I want to just emphasize. In any given moment... What's happening in our meditation may feel like, I like to say, we're leaning on the concentration side. Maybe I'm into these jhana factors and the PT, and it it doesn't feel like what we think of as insight practice. So that's where it's at now. And other times, maybe we can't concentrate. Other things are going on. We need to investigate. We need to bring some discernment. We need to learn how to be present with suffering, all that. It feels like we're leaning on the insight side. So all of these move back and forth, but it's within one synthesized overall path over time. So that's, that's what I would say about that. And then the last thing, unfortunately we don't have time, but I'll just mention it. I do have a few quotes here. Um, I think Steve may have said a few things, but on page 16, the question, according to the text, is John necessary for liberating insight? The Sudhimaga, again, as we've said, is clear because there's a path we don't have jhana. I think in the suttas, there is no place in the suttas that come out and say clearly, explicitly, there is no liberating insight without jhana. I don't know this. However, and you were talking a little bit, but I think when you, I give you some uh, let me let just a few things on like in the middle here there's this thing called the asavas the taints we unfortunately can't uh, I think it's in one of these appendixes if you want to come and look what, what we mean by it and the uh, four stages of enlightenment and the ten fetters is this whole model knowledge of the ending of the taints the asavas which is really the way that enlightenment is unfolds as it is actually present, occurs to one who is concentrated, I tell you, and not to one who is not concentration. So concentration is the path, monk. Non-concentration is no path at all on Guru Nikaya 6.64. I mean, there's a ton of stuff like this in there, and I've only given you a few. I think, 
you know, I don't think any of us can say that the people who are practicing pure insight in the Vasudhimaga don't have their enlightenment. I, I, just don't, I just don't think we are in a position to make that, to say that. So we have to be respectful. You make your own decision. I do think the suttas are making, let's just say this, they make a huge big deal about samadhi and its importance. Um, and even way more than even all the uh, quotes here. So the last thing I just want to say here, uh, I have a conclusion here on page 17, and I'll just highlight a couple of things. The suttas never clearly articulate a path of pure insight in which jhana plays no role. That's true. In the suttas, and again, I skipped over, but just in the last few pages, I've quoted some suttas you can look at. Uh, the practice of right samadhi seems to integrate, integrate tranquility and insight into a single path. I, uh, yeah. Um, I think if you go to the last page on page 18, I would just say that, and this is my takeaway. I'm just going to read it here. It's here, but I just want to read it out so it's on the recording. There are two distinct jhanas in the Pali literature, each one true and correct within its own system. I call one sutta jhana and I call one vasudhimaga jhana. The two jhana systems are not the same. They comprise different meditative states, sharing some features in common but with their own unique characteristics, potentials, and methods for realizing them. Each can be properly understood only within the overall context of the text within which it appears. So we won't be judging certain systems from outside that system. This is something that some people will say is controversial. The two jhanas are equivalent in terms of strengths of concentration, but dissimilar in terms of type of concentration. I think that uh, some people say, oh, Vasudhimaga gets deeper. Uh, I don't think that's true. I think they're equally deep, but it's, it's just as deep in suttas. It's just you haven't shut off the flow of experience. So that's all of that. Um, again, um, Vasudhimaga, uh, you, you lose connection with changing experience. John in the suttas is a state of heightened mindfulness and awareness of ever-changing stream of experiences in which the mind itself is unmoving, not the flow of experience. And then um, finally, at the bottom here, I made a little chart to compare jhana in the Pali suttas and the Vasudhimagas, and I've listed some of these things, and you can see them side by side in the chart, but you can see some of these things, for example, um, at the bottom, preparatory access and fixed concentration, those terms are used in the Vasudhimagga. Those terms are not used at all in the suttas. They don't even appear. So if someone says, are you using access, is this access concentration, that's, that's just not a sutta thing. So people, just to be aware, right, it doesn't even show up there. Um, you can look over this yourself. Let me see what else to highlight. Uh, sorry, it's a bit rushed here at the end, but I just wanted to at least touch on a few things. I guess maybe that's a... Uh, No, um, no, actually, um, yeah, uh, we, if, if it was a lot, so I don't expect people to remember it. 
If you remember in the Vasudhi Maga, in the, in the path of Samatha, tranquility, in which you're trying to get to jhana, they divide the stages of concentration into three stages of concentration. Preparatory, which is beginning. Access, which is close to jhana, is defined by you get a, this thing called a counterpart sign that arises in your mentally. And then uh, uh, the fixed concentration of jhana. Just stages of concentration. Yes, please. Would you say that the difference, one of the main differences between mindfulness and, um, and concentration? One with the mindfulness and insight has to do with um, observing without narrowing or without stopping. It's just a, a, an act of observation. With concentration, you focus on one pointedness. Would you say no. That would be the so, did you tell me you missed the morning part? Yes. So, one of the things you might want to go look at the notes is, is there's we, this is just a re- quick repeat. Uh, the idea that concentration should be, na- when we talk about concentration, it's narrowly focused, is one understanding. But there's a whole other understanding of concentration, which is quite open and inclusive and broad. And so, uh, one of the problems is, is that people, when they use the term concentration, they automatically think, oh, I mean narrowly focused. And that is one understanding, but actually, uh, I'm repeating things that some people in the day have heard. It's fine, but that the, uh, there's a whole other way. It's just as deep and strong, but it's actually quite open and inclusive, and it's not narrowly focused. So depending on which kind of concentration you develop, uh, and so um, that's one thing. So you can separate. That was the whole morning. You just missed it. That you can separate out mindfulness and insight from concentration as a path if you want to. But also there's a way, yeah, I think the suttas are doing, the Vasudhi Maga separates them out, but the suttas are actually integrating them because it's talking about more of the broader inclusive samadhi. We, talk to me offline. I can tell you more. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I, yeah, you could just take a moment. It's, it's a short, it's like just a few minutes after four. We're going to end in like a minute or two. If you need to get up and walk out, go. But I would, for those who can, it's not rude, please take care of yourself. For those who are going to stay for a minute or two, uh, just acknowledge that, you know, hopefully the day was useful. And, you know, I like to use what I call the, um, the clothes shopping analogy. Some of you have heard me use this before, but it's like, I'm not that much of a clothes shopper, but you know, you go to the store and there's like whatever, all these shirts, right? And you, if one looks interesting, you take it off and you put it on, you know, you try it on. If you like it, if the price is right and it fits, you keep it. And if it's not, you tried it on, right? So you got to see, you stick it back on the rack and move on. So that's kind of how to hold the day. You know, if there are parts that support your practice, I hope that's, you know, useful for you. And if not, or more confusing, just let it go and it's just forget it and, and find what works. Uh, the last thing I'd like to do is just take a moment and do it really quick. I'm sorry for the time, but um, no, we go to four. That's what my list says. Four o'clock, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it can be useful as an ending, maybe just take a minute that um, perhaps you're already doing so, but I think it's always useful to reflect on intention 
And I just want to recognize that all of us, we've been here, you know, put a whole day in, and it's been a lot of words and a lot of information. It can be tiring. You know, it's a beautiful day out. You could have done anything with your time. And you chose to come here and reflect on these teachings and to see if there might be something that might support your practice. So I would say any time we devote ourselves in this way, you know, it's a great benefit. Uh, and it's a, it shows a good intention to want to find ways to be more wise and skillful about our practice. And so we can reflect on the goodness of our intention. And it's not egotistical to feel, and maybe it gladdens our mind to feel like, you know, I, I use my time well. We've all together used our time well and supported each other today. And I would just encourage, if you don't already do so, to take time, maybe every day, and just reflect around intention in how you want to live, the kind of person you want to be, the wise use of our time. Uh, And then finally, to end, I'll just offer um, we were talking about intention. So through the power of our good, sincere intentions, May we, may each of us, may we be motivated, moved, inspired towards wise and skillful action. And through our good actions, may we, you know, the Buddha asked us to be a light, each of us to be a light in the world. May we, may we be a light in the world. And by that I mean, may we be a force that contributes to less suffering for ourselves and for others and that contributes to more happiness and well-being for ourselves and for others. Wishing may all beings everywhere be happy and peaceful, and may all beings come to an end of suffering. <laughs>